I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetters. We are at the Rose Bowl where it's everything is being broken down all around us, but it's the quietest place that we could find. But uh, Washington goes down at the hands of Ohio State, 28-23 in front of a little over 91,000 people. Uh, nice day until the sun went over the mountains and then the temperature dropped about 15, 20 degrees real quick. But uh, chilly night, but slow first half for Washington. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, they really made a comeback in the second half, Chris. Well, just that, you know, first of all, that you kind of forget, like, when the mountains and all that stuff, you kind of forget, like, the, you know, when the temperature's dropping and all that kind of stuff. It even got chilly in the press box, and our press box is, like, kind of hemmed in. We don't get any sound from the field at all, so that was kind of weird. But, um, again, I, I kind of posted it on the, the game day board as well. It really, to me, Kim, had the feel of, like, the Fiesta Bowl all over again. It just didn't feel like Washington was in it until the game was pretty much over, and then they made this comeback, and then it was a little bit too little too late. But by then, you know, they made it reasonable. They made it respectable. You know, Washington didn't get blown out. They, they made a nice comeback. They showed a lot of grit. They showed a lot of toughness. But in the end, it still wasn't enough. Yeah, it's, you know, the Washington seemed to be stalled at the 30 several times, especially in the first half. And then a little bit perplexing with Washington with a, a little over a minute to go. Um, you know, they decide to take the, they've got the ball on, what, the 10-15 yard line? And then they have a three and out, give uh, Ohio State the ball back, who promptly goes down and scores a touchdown to make the score 21-3. to Yeah, if you remember correctly, a couple years ago in the uh, Peach Bowl, when Browning had the pick six, when uh, Alabama went up 17-7 at half, at the end of the half, it felt like a real big momentum change. You know, they they get the three and out, Ohio State does. Browning could have had a slant for a first down. He, He misses them. And then they give the ball back, and Haskins goes right down the field. They score with, like, 14 seconds left in the half. That just felt like a real gut punch. And um, it was something that ultimately they never were able to recover from. Yeah, it was kind of a little bit, um, I'm not sure what the game plan was, but Jake Browning finished the night with... um, uh, 35 of 54. He threw 54 passes, but at halftime, he was 16 of 25. So he was throwing... A, I know that they had to throw the ball in the second half to, you know, to catch up, but boy, 25 passes in the first half. We haven't seen that in a while. We haven't, and, and clearly they, they must have felt like trying to go outside with the quick game was going to be kind of their way of, of trying to uh, run the ball a little bit, even though we kind of saw that at at you know, spurts and, and starts and fits there that they were able to run the ball pretty effectively between the tackles when they ran some up-tempo stuff. I mean, there was one drive in that third quarter where they, they start running it to miles, and they just kept going downfield, 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 and then they decided to throw, you know, decided to drop back and pass, and then Jake gets sacked, and then they just went backwards. There was a holding penalty. So there was just a, a lot of things that just went wrong, you know, and when, when, Washington had a chance to, to do some things in terms of running the ball, and, and at times they were effective, but ultimately they just didn't have um, what it took in terms of the consistency and all that stuff. So it's just one of those things where it's just, um, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you try to find consistency. You try to find everything whenever you can, wherever you can. And unfortunately, Washington just couldn't find it in, in enough ways to uh, to overcome what Ohio State was able to do. Uh, Miles Gaskin finishes the night with 24 carries for 121, uh, 121 yards. But in the first half, only seven carries for 24 yards. 
Right. No, and, and again, a lot of those yards came in that third quarter when they when they were driving, 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 but they still didn't get anything out of those drives. So, you know, all credit to Miles, though. I mean, he had two touchdowns. He had two really good touchdowns, I thought, and um, and had the jump pass uh, to Drew Sample for a touchdown, which I thought was amazing, too. So, um, you know, he came to play, no doubt. He came to play. He was one of the few guys that really sh- stood out and did it consistently. And... Um, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that he leaves with kind of a sour taste in his mouth, but he should also know that he was one of those guys, that it, at least from the outside looking in, it, it felt like he left it all on the field. Yeah, and just another thing, you know, it was kind of a tale of two halves with, you know, Ohio State dominating the first half, and then, you know, it just seemed like the offensive game plan changed quite a bit for Washington in the second half. Hunter Bryant didn't have a catch. I don't even think he had a throw to him in the first half, but he finishes the day with four catches for 54 yards, and he had a drop as well, but, uh, you know, Hunter Bryant was definitely a factor there in the second half as well. Well, he had a couple passes where he had the jump ball that kept the drive going, which was huge. Um, yeah, in terms of trying to get him involved in the first half, that's going to be one of the few questions that's going to be left unanswered for a little while. Um, we didn't get a, ch- a ton of ch- uh, questions to be able to talk to Coach Pete after the game. We got about four or five, but um, they didn't give us a ton to, to a ton of time to talk to him uh, after the game. But it, it, it is one of those things where it's kind of a mystery. It's like you know, the first the first pass of the game went to Jordan Chin, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Jordan Chin, that's his first career pass. How do you like that? In the Rose Bowl, first career pass. We were like, whoa, okay, that's kind of interesting. So they involved a bunch of different guys. Trey Lowe was involved today. He played. Um, it, it, it was just uh, it was very interesting coming out, and I know they want to throw wrinkles out there. I know they've had weeks to prepare. Um, but at the same time, you, you have a proven guy in – Hunter Bryant that can get the job done and to not target him uh, very much in that first half is certainly going to be one of those uh, questions that's going to be uh, unexplained for quite a while. Taylor Rapp, you know, rumors swirling before the game that he wasn't going to play. He came out in the initial warm-ups, but uh, he uh, did not start. He was suited up in the first half, but when he came out for halftime, he was dressed in street clothes. So he changed a couple of those passes. Were right in Brandon McKinney's area. You would have a better look at that than I did from where you yeah, were sitting. I, I think him. Um, the first couple, the, those first couple touchdowns were definitely down the middle, down the seam, where guys like JoJo and Taylor would normally be kind of patrolling. So I think there's some, certainly something to be said for that. And um, and it was interesting because Rap did the whole thing. I mean, if it was a if it was a ruse, it was a pretty elaborate ruse because. You know, he came out for the first warm-up. He was doing all the things. Came out for the second warm-up. He was doing all the things. And then we were like, okay, is he going to get dressed? And then he comes out, and he's dressed, and he's got his pads on. He's got, he looks like he's getting ready to go. And then we, you come out for the first series, and there's Brandon McKinney. It's like, okay, something's up. And then on top of that, when they had the first couple timeouts, TV timeouts, um, Taylor Rapp was going out to Brandon McKinney and kind of pointing some things out to him based on what he had seen on the sideline the first drive or two. So clearly it was one of those things where I think Rapp wanted to give it a go, just couldn't make it work, and so he was going to try to do everything he could just to, to educate Brandon McKinney and help him in any way he could extra pair of eyes, that kind of thing, to, to see what he could do. And you used the word ruse, and it was definitely a ruse. I talked to Brandy McKinney afterwards, and he goes, oh, yeah, I've been running with the ones all week. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a ruse. He wasn't going to play, yeah. you know. So uh, the thing that was kind of weird, I don't know if you noticed, but, you know, the defense defensive line came out for their pregame warm-ups, and all the guys were in their pants and shoes and uh, cleats, and, uh, you know, they had their tops on. But... Uh, Greg Gaines comes out 
and just sweats in a t-shirt and he's walking around and we're going okay what's up with greg you know we talked and i told him i said you know you freaked people out a little bit and he goes why and he laughed he goes yeah he goes i was just running a little late and i forgot we had to do that so he goes i kind of got lost but you know uh, greg Gaines was fine so he had a nice message for husky fans he's just greg Gaines is just such a classy good guy so uh but uh yeah it's just uh like again, just tail two halves, Chris. Yeah, it was interesting. You mentioned Greg Gaines, and I was going to say that um, you know we had a dinner with one uh, a guy that we really respect a couple days ago, and he was talking about how Greg Gaines is his second favorite Husky of all time behind Joe Steele in terms of his impact. A four year guy, his durability at a position where guys get hurt all the time, get banged up. He never missed. It's it, at least it felt like he never missed a series, never missed a down, never missed all that stuff. You know, Morris Trophy winner, all that. So um, you know, Greg Gaines should should leave here with his head held high because I know he gave it all uh, and then some. Yeah, you know, just to throw some more stuff out there, um, you know, we, uh, Taylor Rapp wasn't, we didn't see him at any of the media events. We had one the other day that he wasn't at. He was supposed to be at one yesterday. Yeah, Jojo, I think Jojo McIntosh came in for Taylor Rapp uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, and um, yesterday when we had all the thing with all the players and the coaches, didn't see Matt Lubick. Didn't I didn't see him today. He may have been there. Did you see Matt Lubick today? Did not see Matt Lubick at all. Yeah, so I don't know. I, like I said, it was kind of weird he wasn't there for media day, and I didn't see him today, you know, so um, I don't know what's up with that. But He wasn't the only one that went missing as far as the receivers went because there were a few drop balls and, and some other things that I know fans have – been talking about on the on the signing on the on the game day board and what have you in terms of just you know it, it felt like some of those guys didn't show up and really put their full focus in it Andre Bocelli had a great game I mean Bocelli had what do you have 12 catches for 109 yards long of 24 I mean he came out to play you know Hunter Bryant when he got targeted came out to play uh, but he still had a key drop um you know, Aaron Fuller had some key drops. Um, just at times where they needed to sustain some things when when Ohio State was really rolling. And so that was difficult. Yeah, um, it was just um, Ben Burkirvan was the leading tackler with 11 tackles. And uh, um, Miles Bryant was six. And Brandon Wellington was seven. Yeah. No, defense, again, you know, I think they held their own. They had moments where they gave gave up some things from time to time, but I think overall, you know, they did a pretty decent job of um, of kind of you know stemming the tide when they needed to, making some plays. I really thought the three and out to start the game, Kim. I really thought that was that was going to be a tone setter. I really thought that was going to be something that really kind of told everybody on Ohio State's team that we were ready to go. So, you know, yep. Hey guys, we're just doing a podcast here. No big deal. It's okay. We're we're all good. We're all good. As you can tell, they're kind of breaking things down, trying to find a quiet spot they're, around. They're here. not they're not used to guys working here. When they're when they're done, everyone's done. Yeah. So, but that's okay. Um, but um, <laughs> kind of threw me for a loop there. But um, why, uh, Mike Weber again at Ohio State. You know, they had a nice running game. They seemed to get it done when they needed to get it done. Mike Weber with uh, 15 carries for 96 yards. Dwayne Haskins. I don't know how much impressed you were with Dwayne Haskins. 25 of 35 for uh, 251. What do you think of Dwayne Haskins? I was extremely impressed with Dwayne Haskins. I thought he sat back there and, yeah, he, you know, Washington got to him three times, which is more times than than Ohio State got to Jake Browning. Um, but he sat back there, looked poised. Um, 
threw the ball really good to all parts of the field, which is something that Washington wasn't able to necessarily do. So I liked him a lot. By the way, Mike Weber has declared he's going to go pro. And so, again, 96 yards on 15 carries. He, he showed a lot today. So I think this was obviously a kind of a coming-out party and a, and a calling card party for him. Yeah, one of the things that Washington's really, you know, really, really needs and they've been missing since Dante Pettis left, they don't have anybody who's really giving them anything out of the punt return game, and they have nobody that's giving them anything out of the kick return game. And those are two things. There's nobody back there on either one of those that really puts the fear into you. So it's going to be interesting next year to see if they can actually get anything out of that, Chris. Yeah, I mean, the special teams were... were we're, we're not bad. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, they have not gotten anything. You're absolutely right. I mean, when you have a guy like Aaron Fuller who has three punts for eight yards but a long of nine, that means two punts for negative yardage. Um, that's not going to be good. But to be fair, give credit to the Ohio State guys. They did a good job of pinning Washington in relatively deeply. And, um, you know, and, and but I mean, Peyton, Peyton Henry made his kick. You know, he didn't. He, he did everything he was asked to do. He uh, he limited in, in terms of they didn't really have any kick returns. So I thought overall it wasn't a bad in terms of the overall special teams. Uh, Max Richmond got a block, punt block, which I thought was was good for him. So there was definitely some things that they can improve on. But I thought the most telling thing post game came that I heard from Chris Peterson is that they're going to take a real long look at that offense. And it was interesting because he was sitting right next to Jake Browning and he was sitting right next to Miles Gaskin and he flat out said, yeah, we, we need to do something about the, the starting quicker, um, you know, for some reason falling behind against these good defenses. We still need to find a way to be able to move the ball and do those kinds of things. And so, you know, I suspect that Bush Hamden and, and those guys are going to have um, some a lot of homework this offseason trying to figure out what went wrong and how to fix it. Yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, because they always go to other schools, so it'll be interesting if they go to some different offenses and look at those. Of course, you're going to have Jacob Eason next year. You know, everybody thinks he's going to be the starter, but just getting back to special teams just real quick, I just thought, you know, when Washington was getting down to about the 30-yard line, you know, they've got third down, and, you know, they're having to make some decisions because they're not comfortable with their kicker. Um, you know, they're going for it on fourth down, and just, you know, they're not really comfortable, you know, from that 40 yards out, you know, they don't have a, a kicker that they feel comfortable, 40, 45, uh, 50 yards, they don't have that guy. Well, not yet, but they signed one in Timothy Horn, so they, they should be comfortable that way, and then again, people are wondering about the why they punted with like five minutes left or whatever, and, and they were thinking about faking it, but they didn't get the right look from, from Ohio State. And that's what why they went with the punt. In hindsight, it really didn't look it didn't really turn out that bad for Washington because they were able to get the three and out. They were able to move on and um, and, and get some more possessions. So that wasn't necessarily a big problem. But again, it does kind of show you that there are some things in the special teams that's mitigating some decisions that Peterson's having to make. Where ultimately, if the special teams was as strong as he wanted it to be they wouldn't be making those decisions. Sidelines was interesting. A lot of former players back for the Rose Bowl. Uh, it was great to see Azim Victor. It was great to see his uh, running mate, Keyshawn Bieria. It's, um, it was uh, uh, Shaq Thompson was back. Uh, Corey Littleton, who's just having an all-pro you know, well, all this year, a special teams all-pro all uh, this year. So great to see him. Uh, Darrell Daniels was there. Dante Pettis. I'm trying to think of anybody else I may have missed. But a lot of former players and a lot of NFL guys back there today. Yeah, and Corey Littleton got a chance to be the one of the, I guess, the honorary captain uh, on the coin toss. Won the coin toss, which was a bit of a shocker. Didn't really know how to deal with that one because they, I think that... I think it was maybe the second or third time they'd won a coin toss all year. 
So uh, that was interesting. <laughs> this may be the loudest podcast we've done in a long time. If people saw what was going on around us, uh, they would crack up. But uh, we're dealing with it. But it's under construction. Yeah, uh, it's like the offense. Yeah, uh, we talked again. We talked to Taylor Rapp. Uh, you know, he 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 talked to Adam Jude. I asked, and he just said, "Yeah, I'm not talking to anybody." Um, Jordan Miller, excuse me, Byron Murphy was accommodating, and he said he hasn't made up his mind. He's going to go back home and talk to his family. I think those are the only guys that we really need to be concerned about leaving early yeah at this point those have really been the only ones i mean i haven't really seen any other uh comments from any other guys that would really lead me to believe that there that there are other guys that are thinking about making those kind of decisions so yeah i I don't i I think just those two guys i think we'll be waiting on them and you'll probably see a tweet and that'll probably be the end of it yeah basketball and spring football anything we need to do to wrap up this game chris no, other than there's actually a basketball game going on right now as, as we're doing this. <laughs> we'll figure that out. But then we've got a game on um, Saturday as well against Washington State. Uh, starts a little bit later than the Seahawks kickoff. So it'll be interesting to see that crowd uh, what that's like. But uh, I had a chance to talk to Miles Gaskin a little bit without the recorder. It's just one of the classiest guys we've ever dealt with, Chris. He is, but you can tell how, how hurt he was in terms of just the... You know, just the the idea of um, of just you know how much how much he wanted this win. I mean, that was obvious. I mean, it was really obvious. And Jake Browning, he's going to talk a little bit more, but he's still the both those guys. They're just crushed. And you know, so for all the fans that are out there, and you know, I mean, there's there's the, the talk about Jake Browning is going to go on for years and years about what his legacy is going to be. We'll see what happens. But I mean, bottom line is, you can tell this this one meant a lot to him, and to not get it over the line. It's this one's going to sting for a long time. That touchdown run that he had that got called back. I mean, nobody was stopping him. He, I mean, he was he just wasn't going to be stopped, and you could just tell. You're talking uh, about gasket. Yeah, that was just blood and guts smiles. It's just blood and guts smiles. So. Yep. Pretty, pretty standard stuff from him when it when it's all said and done, which actually goes to show just how good he's been over his career. Let's wrap this up. We got so much work going on around us; it's kind of comical. <laughs> it's it. it's kind of fun. We're right in the middle of it. You yeah, know, this is this is like a, a concert breakdown. There wasn't anybody in here when we came in here, and all of a sudden we just got invaded. But um, you know, uh, we've got basketball coming up. We've got uh, another signing day coming up with recruiting, and then we've got spring football that's going to be upon us before we know it. So, uh, final thoughts, Chris. Just that, again, it felt like a lot like the Fiesta Bowl where, you know, Penn State got up early and Washington kind of made a ferocious comeback but didn't have enough. Same thing here. Uh, Washington just got down early, 28-3, outscored them 20 to nothing going going in but just didn't have enough. Um, decisions at the end of the first half I thought really cost them. And, um, you know, ultimately it's just when you're playing, when you're playing a top-10 team and – you're playing against arguably one of the top coaches uh, that's that's in the game right now. You know, pro- a lot of people feel like Urban Meyer is right behind Nick Saban in terms of the best co- coaches in college football. You know that guy's going to be prepared. You know he's going to get his guys ready. Um, I know a lot of people have talked about the talent differential. I don't think the talent differential won or lost this game. I think it was just some some key moments where they were able to execute and keep their poise and their and their focus. And Washington didn't do that, and I think that ultimately cost them the game. Yeah, uh, they're a good team. I mean, they easily could have been in the Final Four. They easily could have been there. They would have been deserving of that. That was just a really good football team. Washington finished the season ten and four. Uh, not bad. Um, you know, I think some people have some pretty lofty expectations. There's actually people out there angry and upset and pissed off about a ten and four season. Um, 
boy, it just wasn't that long ago that this team was really, really bad. The other thing is, um, I, I'm a big believer in the better, better you are, the more you get picked apart. And Jake Browning, some of the people have taken it to a new level with Jake Browning. He's the winningest quarterback in the history of Washington football. What else do you want? Would you would you take another quarterback? Would you take a quarterback in a recruiting class tomorrow that would be the winningest quarterback in your school's history? Would you take that guy? I mean, I would in a heartbeat. You know, it's just some people can never be pleased. So, you know, the picking apart of Jake Browning to me is just really sad. I mean, if you have to pick, if you have to rip on somebody to make yourself feel better. I don't know. I, I feel sorry for those type of people. But Jake Browning, he's one of the classiest guys. He's the toughest guys. And he, there's a lot of things that he's not, but there are a lot of things that he is. And he is the winningest quarterback in the history of the school. I'll and the history, winningest quarterback in the history of the Pac-12. Take that any day. So uh, I'm going to miss Miles Gaskin. There's some guys on this team that I'm really going to miss. I'm going to miss Miles Gaskin. I'm going to miss Jake Browning. I'm going to miss big Caleb McGarry. I'm going to miss Ben, Bur- ben Burkirvin. Um, you know, I'm going to miss Drew Sample, as classy as it gets. Uh, glad to have um, uh, Trey Adams back. So let's break this down. They're breaking it down right around us. So, hey, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetters. Go dogs. <laughs>